Welcome to this KC Connect podcast brought to you by IBEX Employer Relations Team. Across this series of short episodes, we will provide insight and expertise on some of the most common challenges for our members and discuss the case law shaping the employer relations landscape. My name is Linda Reid and I'm joined by Brianna Duffy and we are both part of the team in IBEX Knowledge Centre. The autumn season is often a busy time of year from an employer relations and an employment law perspective and we expect 2023 to be no different. So for the next 12 minutes or so, we will discuss any legislative developments we expect to see this autumn, along with some updates or watch points for employers to be aware of. So Brianna, let's talk about the domestic violence leave. Where are we at with this five days paid leave? Yeah, so the five days of paid leave are due to be introduced in the autumn, according to a a statement in August by Minister Roderick O'Gorman. We don't know the exact date as of yet, but what we do know is that the rate of pay will be at full pay. An employee will be entitled to five days domestic violence leave in any 12-month period. So Women's Aid are currently working on supports for employers on the development of domestic violence leave policies, and IBEC has engaged with Women's Aid as part of this consultation. We will, of course, keep members updated on any advancements on this over the next few months. And Brianna, will they be publishing guidance documents as well as the policies? Yes, that is the intention, Linda. Okay, yeah, right. So, as you know, Linda, domestic violence leave has been provided for under the Work-Life Balance and Miscellaneous Provisions Act. Another entitlement which this act is providing for is the right to request flexible working for parents and carers and the right to request remote working. Can you tell us where these two entitlements are currently at? Well, yes, as employers will know, the Work-Life Balance and Miscellaneous Provisions Act provides for the right to request remote working and the right to request flexible working arrangements for parents with children under the age of 12 or 16 if the child has a disability, as well as employees who have caring responsibilities. Now, the application process Mm -hmm. is the same for both in that the employee must have six months service before the arrangement can commence. They now need eight weeks written notice is required to be given by the employee and the employer must respond with a reasoned decision within four weeks of the request. There is a facility to extend this by a further eight weeks and the employer must consider the application in line with their business needs, the employee's needs and a code of practice. Now, the WRC is charged with drafting this code of practice and they have commenced work on drafting it. A working group has been set up and is due to meet this month, I believe. IBEX Senior Employment Law Manager Pauline O'Hare is part of this working group. Mm-hmm. So keep an eye on our employer hub for any updates on the Code of Practice. Yeah, and I'm sure employers will be looking forward for to hearing more in relation to that. So, Linda, the budget is taking place next month. Can you give any insight on what we might expect to see that may impact on employment? Mm-hmm. Well, the budget is on, on Tuesday, the 10th of October, and we expect to see an announcement regarding the final two weeks of the parents' leave, which will bring this entitlement for all parents to nine weeks state paid leave, and the leave must be taken before the child's second birthday. Now, we usually see an increase in state benefits for protective leaves announced in the budget, and this mm-hmm. th- may be the same this year as well. Just to note, employers may be aware that the Low Pay Commission has recommended the national minimum wage be increased to €12.70 in January of 2024. That's an increase from the current rate of €11.30. And many employers are waiting on a government decision on this recommendation, mm-hmm. really to plan their salary budgets for 2024. Yeah, Absolutely. So another legislative update for employers to be aware of is that from the 17th of December, more employers will be in scope under the Protected Disclosures Amendment Act of 2022, which commenced in January of this year. 
The legislation will now impact those employers with more than 50 employees. So this means that from the 17th of December, employers with 50 or more employees must have internal channels and reporting procedures established for their workers to report any relevant wrongdoing. These channels provide for acknowledgement and follow up of all reports and the provision of feedback to the reporting persons as well. So this is certainly a date for the calendar for those employers with between 50 and 249 employees. Yeah, it certainly is. And while we're discussing upcoming dates, we should also flag to employers that the date for releasing your gender pay gap report is also fast approaching. Many employers may be aware that employers with 250 plus employees are required to report on their gender pay gap. This means that some employers will be reporting for the second time where they had 250 employees last year or maybe reporting for the first time if perhaps they didn't have 250 employees last year, but perhaps do so this year. Employers are required to select a snapshot date in June and must report within six months of that date. So I suppose, Linda, that would mean the absolute latest a company would be reporting would be the 30th of December if the snapshot date is, say, the 30th, 30th of June. June. But um, this is really the latest date an employer can report. I suppose many employers chose to report earlier than this last year. Yeah, absolutely. I suppose to get to get the report finalised before mm. the busy Christmas period. Finally, Linda, by way of legislative update, we have received a little bit of an update on pensions auto-enrolment over the past few weeks. So the government have stated that the scheme will be introduced in the second half of 2024. So just to remind listeners, the scheme is intended to cover employees who do not have a pension scheme, earn more than €20,000 per year and are aged between 23 and 60. These individuals will be automatically enrolled into the new system. We are awaiting further detail on the scheme, but just to flag that time frame of the second half of 2024 to employers at this stage. And maybe we should just add the government has a guide which can be downloaded for employers and also a guide for employees on the gov.ie website. Yeah, that's really helpful. So, Linda, moving on to some of the employer relations and operational issues then, what are the types of queries we are getting from employers at the moment and what are the main things employers should be watching out for? Right. Well, a very frequent issue for employers are right to work permissions. And at this time of the year, when exam results are due to a common query relates to those employees who are on a stamp two student permission, which allows them to work 40 hours a week from the 1st of June to the 30th of September. And thereafter, they must revert to their 20 hours a week until mm-hmm. the Christmas break, when from the 15th of December to the 15th of January, they can again work 40 hours a week 40 for this period. Yeah. Now, many of these students have completed their education and are waiting on their exam results to apply for a stamp 1G permission. For those listeners who are not familiar with the 1G stamp, it allows those who qualify with the level 8 degree to have 12 months working full time. And if they qualify with the level 9 degree, they can apply for a further 12 month permission to work full time. Now, thereafter, they must apply for a work permit if they wish to continue working in Ireland. Unfortunately, the difficulty arises when the STAM2 permission expires and the student has not received that 1G permission. For some time now, the Department of Justice has allowed for an extension of eight weeks in situations where the employee has applied for renewal prior to their current permission expiring and them receiving the new permission, which does help. But however, I should point out that in a situation where a student is moving from the stamp two to the stamp one G and the eight week extension period only applies to their existing stamp status. So what do I mean by that? If the stamp two holder is waiting on a stamp one G, they must revert to the 20 hours working week on the 1st of October next and remain on those hours until they are issued with the stamp one G, which then allows them to work full time. 
So it's our understanding that all Irish residents' permits, that's the IRP card, those renewals are covered by the eight-week extension, provided the renewal application was made prior to the expiry of their current permission. Yeah, and I suppose many employees have been relying on that eight-week extension. It does give that flexibility Mm -hmm. to employees once they apply for the renewal before the expiration of their current permission. Yeah, that's the key thing. That they apply before their expiry date and have documentary proof of this. So, Brianna, what's the main things you would be flagging to employers in the run-up now to the end of the year? Yeah, so, I mean, it is typically a busy quarter for many businesses. I would probably be flagging three key things for companies. Firstly, to start looking at annual leave now, take a look at your employees, what leave has been used and what hasn't been used, paying particular attention to those employees that still have large banks of annual leave to use. I would be engaging with those employees now, bearing in mind an employer can assign annual leave to employees by giving one month's notice. Before assigning, however, I would be having a conversation with the employee and try to get them to book the days themselves. Also important to think about your carryover policy, how many days you allow to be carried over and if employees are aware of this as well. Also, does an employee need to seek approval from their manager before carrying over these days? In terms of annual leave over Christmas, then an employer should be starting the communication around closure times as early as possible. Again, bearing in mind, if you have specific closure days, you should be giving employees at least one month's notice of this if they're required to use annual leave. If there is a certain level of cover required during Christmas, ideally there should be a fair system in place when deciding who is going to work and who's going to get the time off. Secondly, then, just to flag the upcoming public holidays, we have the October public holiday taking place on Monday, the 30th of October. Then Christmas Day is falling on Monday, the 25th of December and St. Stephen's Day is Tuesday, the 26th of December. Finally, New Year's Day is on Monday, the 1st of January, 2024. The usual rules regarding public holidays will apply. We do have lots of information available on our website regarding public holidays. And I suppose, Linda, employers Mm. might be happy to hear that the public holidays this year aren't falling over Over the the, weekend. Yeah, well, usually when the public holidays fall over the weekend, it can be challenging for many industries. Yeah, absolutely. And then the final thing I'd be flagging is in relation to any Christmas parties or events that a company may be holding. It is important to strike the right balance between ensuring that employees feel rewarded for their contribution to the company throughout the year but reminding them at the planning stage of the standards expected and the type of behaviour that is unacceptable. So companies may choose to reissue policies and procedures in advance of these events, such as the bullying and harassment policy, health and safety policy, and perhaps any social media policies also. Okay, finally, Brianna, I'm I'm just going to mention some upcoming IBEC events. Our annual HR Summit will take place this year on the 25th of October at the Royal Dublin Mm -hmm. Convention Centre. And this year's summit headline will be the theme of Intelligent workplaces and we'll explore the important roles that psychological safety in teams, AI and talent intelligence will play in creating sustainability, healthy and productive workplaces. Now, in terms of webinars, what we've got coming up for the rest of the year, we have three Casey Connect series. Um, they're going to be presented by our HR strategy specialist, Vicky O'Neill. So the first topic that she will cover on the 12th of October will be a human-centred approach to performance design and succession. She'll follow that up on the 14th of November with performance experience. And then finally, on the 12th of December, she'll cover succession management. So a really a jam-packed schedule of yeah. events for the yeah. rest of the year, Linda. Yeah. So that concludes this episode. Thanks for listening. For more content like this, be sure to explore the audio hub on ibec.ie and follow ibec on Twitter.